0: Welcome to Veterans Connected, where maintenance and reliability expert and military veteran Eric Bevavino connects with fellow veterans in industry during each episode, where they exchange their experiences and discuss the transition from the military to industry and the paths and resources that led them to where they are today. The Veterans Connected podcast is proudly produced by the industry's leading network and learning community, Mobius Connect. Eric, over to you. Hello, everyone. I'm Eric Bevino, host of the Mobius Connect podcast focused on connecting military veterans to the maintenance and reliability community. Our aim here is to bridge the understanding gap between the military and civilian worlds, thereby improving the veteran transition journey and ultimately providing hope and a helping hand to any of our brothers and sisters out there struggling to find their way. We'll do this by interviewing veterans who have successfully made it through. For this session, we've chosen to interview a leader from the maintenance and reliability community, Mr. Adrian Messer. Whose company knows the value of veterans and who serves as the vice president of executive services at Progressive Reliability. This is really part two of a two part series. We interviewed Chris Pepin from Progressive Reliability on our last podcast. So if you haven't listened to that yet, listen to that. That's sort of an intro to where we are at today. I think Adrian's going to give us more detail about. How progressive reliability goes about their business and you know looks at recruiting and fulfillment of reliability projects for your customers. So welcome, Adrian. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for that, Eric. Good, good. You doing okay on this cold Wednesday?
0: And, yeah, you
1: know, um, even even here in South Carolina, you know, when I tell people I'm from South Carolina, they automatically think that everybody in South Carolina lives on the coast. You know, we're right on the beach, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm inland. Uh, the closest beach is about three and a half hours away, and that would be close to Charleston. Uh, I'm up in the northwest corner of the state, so closer to the Greenville, South Carolina area. Uh, about an hour or so away from Asheville, North Carolina. So a little little closer to the mountains, not so much the coast.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So you don't have the sand between your toes every day? Not every day, no. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're on the golf course, I suspect.
1: Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. Spend a lot of time in the sand there.
0: <laughs> well, good. Well, good. So why don't uh, why don't you describe for us a little bit, Adrian, what, what your role is today at Progressive Reliability and kind of Maybe what led you to that role? I see, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit before. I know you work for UE systems before and been in the maintenance and reliability community. Sounds, it looks like you're a certified CMRP and, and maybe even more, but you know, like, how did you, what are you doing today and, and how did you get there?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, be glad to talk about that. Uh, yeah, so I, I pretty much started my career in maintenance and reliability with UE Systems. Uh, started with them in October of two thousand three, so shortly after college and. Uh, worked there for about 18 and a half years and uh, decided about this time last year that uh, it was time to do something a little different. And um, I have a colleague here at Progressive Reliability, Lisa Pansing, who uh, we've known each other uh, over the years, and she was kind of my first call. And um, anyway, one thing led to another, and here I am at Progressive Reliability. And it's been a fun change. So I really, the biggest change was going from a product company at UE Systems to more of a kind of like a service-based organization here at Progressive Reliability, but um, really the product that I work in now is people. So I can continue to be a resource for people, to have conversations with people uh, about the industry and just kind of where they're where they see themselves in their next career move. So, really, you know, made a job change to help people make job changes. Uh, but it's been very fun. It's very rewarding, you know, to have someone uh, have a conversation with someone who is, you know, maybe not in the greatest of cultures, greatest environments. And to kind of hear what they're looking for and and see their needs and wants and to be able to put them in front of opportunities to where they can be somewhere and thrive and grow and continue to excel professionally. It's very rewarding. Um, So a lot of my job is just having conversations with people, Um, you know, the people they may not uh, in a certain, you know, uh, it, you know stance say that they're looking but really there are people uh, a lot of times open for opportunities especially with the the job market the way it is uh, we tend to see where uh, job security is very high but job satisfaction is very low uh, in this current market that we're in so again a lot of people looking to get out of uh, cultures of reactivity. Um, you know, we see where, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that will say, oh yeah, we we do reliability or, you know, we we do maintenance right. But, you know, really when you look at it, yeah, they, they say that they do, but a lot of times they don't. They continue a lot of reactive uh, and toxic kind of processes. So um, it, it's, fr- it's frustrating when you've got someone who is who knows to do the right thing, who knows about reliability and knows that there's a better way, but yet they get held back by those reactive cultures. So uh, a lot of conversations centered around that, you know, culture, uh, and just, you know, again, you know, being somewhere where they can just grow and thrive and and make an impact and feel like that the work that they're doing is meaningful. So yeah, I've,
0: spent a little bit of time in the maintenance and reliability community most of my career in in lubricants and product related yeah. sales so i i can relate to the going from products to to services selling can also relate to sort of the lip service that some companies pay to reliability you know they yeah. have they have the shiny veneer they've got all the gear lined up and charging and ready to go but it hasn't gotten a scratch or a dent in it because it's not, <laughs> not used it. and, uh, you know, just pretending to be um, part of the program. So do you find then that there are uh, enough companies out there that are doing reliability the right way that, that are looking for, for people to, to make a change today um,
1: yeah. that you can get them into? Yeah, there are some companies out there that get it, uh, and they get it all the way from the plant level, all the way to the corporate level. So, you know, when it's ingrained into the culture, just like safety, just like quality. You know, that's really where we see uh, organizations start to thrive and they start to build a reputation in that, yeah, this company is definitely somebody that I want to work for. It's going to be a company where I can continue to grow and develop and build my own relationship and my own brand uh, when it comes to you know, what you can do to improve reliability. So yeah, there are certainly companies out there that have a reputation um, for doing it the right way and for being a uh, so to speak, when it comes to implementing, you know, best practice, reliability practices. Yeah. Interesting. It all starts at the top, right? Yeah, certainly. And, you know, again, you know, we think about, you know, safety, you know, every plant, you know, you go in, it's all about safety. It's all about quality. But, you know, again, when reliability becomes part of that culture, just like safety and quality, you know, that's when you know you've made an impact
0: yeah, it's like the third leg of the stool. Without yep.
1: without reliability, you can't really have safety and quality. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. And, and there's a lot of studies that are, there's a lot of studies that have been done that show and prove that when you improve reliability, you know there's a correlation between safety and quality. Yeah, w- without a
0: doubt. So I can only imagine, and it's not just for veterans, but veterans coming from you know pretty uh, process-oriented maintenance and reliability coming out of Navy, nuke, power, or Army, mobile equipment, (laughs) maintenance, or Air Force aviation, or Navy, Marine Corps aviation, any any of those things, I I would imagine that uh, veterans would adapt more quickly to a positive environment of reliability than the lip service version. Has that been your experience?
1: Yeah, it is, and, uh, you know, we think about, you know, how disciplined you have to be in the military life, you know, uh, regardless of branch. Uh, You're used to documentation, you're used to following procedures and processes. It's no different when you get out into the civilian life, into these plants in an industrial setting. Um, The biggest challenge, and this got brought up at our um, the Mobius CBM conference, uh, the biggest challenge is translating the the skills that you learned while you're in military, while you're in the service, translating those to, you know, how does that equate to the industrial uh, work that you do? And where the military may call it one thing, it really, it means the same thing in the industrial. So I... You know, just like when it comes to PMs, uh, you know, job planning, you know, job execution, completing work orders. I'm sure all that has a military term and it's, it can equate to the industrial setting as well.
0: And have you found uh, a need or an ability to do some of that translation at Progressive as you're trying to, you know, match up companies looking for people and, and veterans? Yeah, it's downstairs?
1: when... Yeah, it's one thing that I certainly have tried to be more aware of, and I've tried to also instill that same kind of um, awareness to our recruiters. So that Mm -hmm. way, when they are looking at resumes from our veterans, um, you know, we try to look for those things, those skills that the veterans have on their resume and how that would translate and equate. So uh, through... being more aware of what they have on their resume and then asking the right questions when we screen those candidates, uh, that that has helped us a lot for sure.
0: Well, which I think it's a, a key component that's coming out of some of these podcast podcast conversations is yeah. making sure the folks who are recruiting are talking to other people within the organization that that do speak the language like yourself yep. or can, can help translate and, and really get an eye on what's what's happening, what it really means um, yep. as as you knit these things together. It sounds like it progressive in, in talking to Chris on the last podcast that, that you guys not only um, provide professionals to companies seeking maintenance and reliability sort of contract work and services and improvements but also there's something within the way you do business that if the organization enjoys an individual being around, really likes what they have to offer and says, Hey, I want to hire this person after the job is over or right now or whatever you, you guys have a mechanism to make sure that happens, which I think is unique, or I haven't heard of that before. It's usually, Hey, we'll come in and we'll help you out and we'll get you where you need to go. But don't hire our
1: people. You can't hire our people, right? Or if you do, yeah. you gotta pay us or whatever. You know that type yeah. of thing. Yeah, so. yeah, and and we like to uh, when we tell people what we do, uh, we best describe ourselves by what we don't do. Uh, mm. So we're not a typical, you know, staffing agency. You know, we're not going to be somebody that's just going to feed a can- or feed a client or a company bodies and resumes. Uh, You know, we've got a really proven process of how we do things here. So yeah, there, you know, when we look at candidates, you know, there's obviously there's a screening and vetting process. And because we only focus on maintenance and reliability, you know, we feel like we're really good at at that. Uh, Between myself, I've been in the industry for nearly 20 years. Uh, Lisa has been around in the industry for uh, 20 plus years. So we've got a pretty good way that we can vet and screen people as far as knowing where to find people and then how to uh, screen and question the people, what to look for. Uh, but yeah, so we, uh, we like the contract to hire approach um, because it's not like we have candidates sitting on our bench, so to speak. Uh, and if that company then hires our people away, then, then we're at a loss. No, we, we, we like to, uh, well, if they if they hire them, that means we've done our job. You know, we've gone and we, find, we found them somebody good that they want to keep long term. So that's why we like the contract to hire approach. So, yeah, we really do a couple of things. We do direct hire. So if someone's looking, you know, for full time help, you know, has some need for full time, we do direct hire. And then we've had a lot of success with contract to hire. Uh, positions like maintenance mechanics, maintenance technicians. So we may have a company call us up and say, hey, we need six mechanics and we want them for you know six months, 12 months. Uh, but that's where we like to have that contract to hire option. So that way, again, if they find a superstar or somebody they really like, uh, they can just hire that person full time. And then that means we've done our job.
0: Well, what a, great, what a great way to go about it. And while you were describing your contract to hire program, I was thinking about the SkillBridge program that's out there as well. Yep. So uh, for folks who aren't aware, I believe it's a collaboration between Department of Labor and Department of Defense to yep. allow service members who are transitioning to work in an organization, a corporation or whatever, what have you, privately or publicly held companies for six, the last six months of their active duty service. So yep. they can go and get paid by the, the Navy, the Army, the Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, whoever, and be on, you know, on a trial basis, right? But and, and if they go through progressive reliability, then they can maybe even go from, from that to contract to hire to get even exactly, a little yeah. bit more more time. But um, man, that's that, I think that's cool. I mean, why wouldn't people want to do that?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: I mean, I wish I was around when I was uh, transitioning out I, or if, if it was, I wasn't aware yeah. of it. So I think that um, that's a common sense approach and and you guys have enough sounds like you have enough faith in your ability to continue recruiting and finding good people and placing as well as performing the services that uh it doesn't scare you to say hey it's contract to hire right if yeah we're we're doing our job if if that works out yeah what what a great place for for veterans to to get connected to i would think
1: yeah, and and overall, you know, if you look at kind of the the history, you know, where RCM started, you know, reliability centered maintenance, you know, reliability centered maintenance uh, ha- is well rooted in the military. Uh, a lot of the uh, research that's been done, you know, has came out of the military. A lot of the the products, you know, a lot of the condition monitoring tools, uh, you know, even at UE Systems, you know, UE Systems, you know, the ability to listen for high frequency sound, you know, that was developed from some army research back in the late 50s. Um, And then of course it was, you know, um, uh, declassified and then, you know, became commercially available uh, back in the early 70s. Uh, I know UE systems was started in 1973. So, uh, and, you know, PDMA, for instance, you know, that was some research that came out of the Navy. So, uh, you know, reliability as a whole has a lot of roots and, and is well ingrained in, in a lot of the things that we do and the tools that we use from the military
0: and executed with uh, with discipline is right you know the route to any to success in any any sort of program like this so yeah. and uh, Chris mentioned on the podcast as well operation new uniform now he's in Jacksonville and yeah. you're up in uh, northern South Carolina so Do you have Operation New Uniform where you're at too? He's on the board, correct?
1: Yep, Uh, yeah, Chris is on the board of directors for Operation New Uniform. Uh, So that's another reason why we're very passionate about, you know, talking and helping military uh, veterans. Uh, But now Operation New Uniform is nationwide. So Mm -hmm. even though they offer face-to-face classes in Jacksonville, they do have a virtual option. So uh, you can take those same classes and go through the same program virtually uh, uh, so anywhere in the U.S. that you are, you can sign up and do those classes uh, virtually. Sounds
0: fantastic. And I, I didn't go through it, but just trolling through their website looks like maybe a two-week program of yep. helping helping transitioning vets uh, get acclimated, you know, come in the water. It's it's really yeah. warm, right? Get yeah. acclimated to what it may be uh, like in civilian societies, corporate corporate world. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I, I saw something again today on LinkedIn that, you know, folks getting out just saying it's like completely opposite. Now I have, I need to be self-serving and I can't be selfless anymore. And that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> that's not true at all. You can, tra- yeah. I mean, you got to speak up for yourself like you have to do in the military as well, but um, yeah. you can transfer that desire to serve and that energy to serve through leadership. Really, you sure can. Because, I mean, and there's so much. Do you see that as well at these
1: organizations that you're working with? They need strong leaders? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the, the most recent one that we had a conversation with, we we just got uh, the job to fill uh, last week. You know, they specifically said they were looking for somebody. Who could lead with firmness but fairness? Mm. So, again, having that situational awareness, and and I can't think of a better place to learn some of those skills than military, where you're dealing with people from all sorts of backgrounds, you know, tense situations, you know, um, conflict resolution. So, yeah, they specifically said we want somebody who can lead with firmness but also fairness. And, uh, you know, I, I think about all the skills that you learn while you're in the military again, you know, uh, whether it be interrogation, you know, knowing the right questions to ask. Uh, again, being able to read people, read situations and how to, to diffuse tense situations. Um, you know, it's all those same skills certainly apply uh, to industrial and manufacturing settings. Yeah, no doubt, and it doesn't have to be
0: when, you know, the bombs are flying, bullets are flying <laughs> and the bombs are flying, right. it could be, you know, in the barracks when, you know, two 19 year olds have had a little bit too much to drink and are going at each other <laughs> or, or the captain, yeah. you know, comes up on the bridge spitting nickels because he's mad at somebody and nobody knows what's going on, but they're going to get ripped up one side down the other, you know, it's right. got yep. to figure out where, where you're at and how you're going to kind of manage through that. But they're uh, yep. very, very interesting and great insight. Adrian, thank you for yep, that. Yep. Yeah, and, for sure. And, and appreciate your patriotism, too.
1: You, If I remember correctly, you're not a veteran, right? But I'm not a veteran, but I'm a very patriotic person. For sure. Uh, yeah. I've, I've got an American flag flying here at my house and awesome. uh, just have a lot of respect for our veterans and our military and really any, anybody in any branch, you know, law enforcement, firefighters, you know, EMS,
0: all of them. Yeah, well, it's it's great to see you. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, good people got to stick together, right? And right, uh, yeah. there's a lot of our country that's pretty divided right now and, and is pro this or pro that. But uh, hopefully we can land on some patriotism along the way. And I hope and, and so. Yeah, glad glad <laughs> to hear it, hear it here as well. So, well, what else have we got, Adrian? Let's see. Um, we talked about your your past and what you're doing today, and and how you connect people. I mean, what would maybe if you could describe describe a typical week of of you know how you interact with with your customers and and what type of things you're looking in. Maybe then we sort of segue into the the recruiting aspect or, or maybe advice for for veterans who are coming out of the service or hiring managers. But let's start with kind of a what's a typical week like for you and the folks in your organization
1: okay well, I uh, have a lot of virtual meetings. Uh, you know, I uh, I used to travel a lot and get out into plants all the time, and I still do that some, just not quite as much, but I um, have a lot of virtual meetings. So we, uh, those meetings could be anything from meeting with companies who uh, want to tell us about positions that they're looking for us to fill. So we do what we call onboarding calls. So once we've kind of got an agreement where we're gonna, they're going to use our services to uh, do the recruitment and placement for those people. We do a pretty um, uh, pretty thorough onboarding call to make sure that we've got a good job description, all the details, uh, everything that we need for then our recruiters to go out and start the search to look for candidates. So there's a, a good bit of my time that's dedicated to those types of calls. Um, I also have a uh, quite a few calls every week with people that have reached out to me, uh, usually via LinkedIn or mm. some sort of referral. So somebody knows somebody that's looking. So they'll they'll send them my information. And um, so they'll send me their resume. Once I've got their resume, I can put that into our uh, ATS or applicant tracking system. So internally here at Progressive Reliability, we have our own database on how we keep track of candidates. So that way, uh, when we get jobs to fill, the first place that our recruiters will do the search is within our own database. So we've got quite a few uh, candidates uh, readily available who we've already screened, already looked at their resumes, so they're ready to go uh so i have those kind of initial screening calls with candidates who are looking i want to make sure that uh, we understand their needs their qualifications and then also uh where they see themselves you know why are they looking uh what type of culture you know what type of fit or environment do they see themselves in um and you know I, i keep talking about culture but you know when i started this job, I would have thought the most common question would be about pay. You know, what what does the job pay? You know, what are the benefits? But after having some of these initial calls with candidates who are looking, uh, the most common question that we got asked was, what's the culture like? So we're seeing where people are more interested in making changes, uh, job changes for you know, cultural and environmental reasons as opposed to, hey, I'm just looking for something that pays more. Now, candidates that we do see that we are placing, uh, they are seeing, I would say, on average, 20% increases in their salaries uh, from what they were previously making. So not only are they making moves to improve financially, but they're also making moves to, you know, again, places of better culture, places of better environments to work in uh, and better work-life balance. So between culture, work-life balance, you know, that those uh, seem to be topics of conversation more so than pay and benefits.
0: And and that reminds me, thank you, Adrian, that reminds me of this this work to like temp to perm type of program, contract to, to permanent, I mean... If, if I'm coming out of the Navy or if I've been in the Army deployed a few times, all I want is like stability. I want to, you know, find my home, yeah. be home every night or whatever. The temptation may be to jump on on the road again, because either that's what you're used to, or that's, that's what, I mean, a lot of people will hire veterans because they know that they're the self starters, they're responsible, they're disciplined, they can get out there. They can be on the road a bunch and, you know, their family's used to it or whatever, but not everybody's looking for that. Right. They're trying to to bring it back together and, and land in one spot. So this could be, you know, perhaps a, a benefit, I suppose, versus being, you know, on the out on Monday, back on Friday, consulting yep. business, which could be perhaps what people want, and maybe maybe more money. But uh, yeah. you know, this this might be a good alternative. And I also thought of when you talked about creating job descriptions, being thorough, and making sure that you get what your customer is asking, your your the end use client, and then yep. you're trying to build the job descriptions to hand them to rec- recruiters are your recruiters using tools like linkedin or you know some of the other online stuff that's out there or, or are there other things or places that they go to look for candidates that maybe help for to anybody who's listening to this
1: call yep so uh, aside from our own database uh we also use indeed okay. and then we we're all on linkedin so we're on there heavily mm-hmm. you know looking at candidates uh looking for people looking at their skills Um, And then also recently, it reminds me, I was having a conversation with someone who's transitioning out of Navy Nuke. Um, They also brought it to my attention that there is a, uh, evidently it's like the go-to site for, people, Navy Nuke, but it's Navy Nuke Job Finder. Uh, and that is a group on Facebook. So I, I never would have thought Facebook, uh, we think of that more of, you know, uh, following people's kids and, you know, uh, activities, but there, there are professional groups on there. But uh, that's one in particular that I just became aware of. And I let our recruiters know about it as well. But it's Navy Nuke Job Finder, and it's on Facebook. Wow. How cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great insight.
0: I I would have never known. I don't yep. know that I'm on the yeah. Navy Diver Facebook page. Okay, <laughs> primarily for the jokes and to see <laughs> yeah. see how good everybody looks after you know being out for 20 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, okay, well well fantastic. Yeah, that's um, that's good for people to know. And I've heard of indeed like oh, indeed you do need yeah. that type of stuff. And it sounds like you are performing the role of the hiring, like first line of defense hiring manager, if you're doing screening calls?
1: Uh, sometimes. Or, uh, now, and, my um, colleague Lisa, uh, she she probably does more than I do. Uh, but anybody that I obviously, you know, come in contact with or get referred over to, I try to do those initial screening calls. Um you know, some of our positions that we're filling, like some of the contract to hire, like mechanics and technicians. Uh, I did a lot of those initial screening calls, but I also had my recruiting manager on there as well. Um, so now that he knows all the right questions to ask, uh, he knows what to look for. So uh, I don't even have to do those as much anymore. Um Obviously, I, I can when I have the time, but, you know, we, uh, quite a few of us here at Progressive Liability, you know, we're a small company, so we all wear a lot of hats. So a lot of it just comes down to, um, you know, time and, you know, time constraints and, and who's available. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what,
0: what would be your top, you know, two or three tips for for screening calls? I mean, I assume they're, there can be done on a Zoom like this. I mean, yep. you want, want people, you clearly you want to see somebody, right? So you've got to turn <laughs> your
1: camera on, but any, any other tips, um, uh, yeah, I would say don't do a screening call from the bed. Uh, I, I've had someone, <laughs> you, it, it was very obvious that they were laying in their bed uh, wow. the way that they were propped up, but uh, that that was early on. So uh, I started with progressive reliability in April of this year. Uh, so I'm about seven or eight months in, and that was one that I was, that was very early on. And <laughs> You know i couldn't help it was all i could do not to to kind of laugh and just say hey dude you know you know get up out of your bed <laughs> but um yeah so a lot of the questions that we ask uh, are based off of the specifics from the job description that we're looking for so if for example if someone's looking for specific experience with rotating assets mm-hmm. uh or if they're looking for specific uh, experience with food and beverage or, or, packaging, you know, like case erectors, film wrappers, you know, that sort of thing. So we, we kind of tailor our questions that we ask based off of the specifics from the job description for, uh, what we're interviewing for. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I'll tell you a funny story since you shared the bed story. We, <laughs> we were, I was invited to be on a call with, a. Uh, with the Navy veteran um, who shall remain nameless, obviously, <laughs> but at the organization I'm currently with and, you know, good on him. He was trying to make sure that his background didn't look too bad. So I think he wanted to cover up whatever bookshelf or hutch or whatever with the with the fly, Navy flag, which okay. is, which, it, you know, normally would be pretty good, especially if you had it hanging, you know, reading right to left and horizontally but he had it he had it hanging like it would maybe hang from a flagpole that was out horizontally so it was draped down so you know the long part of the rectangle was was up and down and yeah. unfortunately the, the uss constitution which is the middle of the navy flag looked like it was sinking oh no Instead of <laughs> sailing nicely on the waves so that was distracting for me the entire time but uh yeah once a, you a, see
1: it's hard to unsee that <laughs> yeah, right yeah. exactly
0: <laughs> so you got to think about that a little bit yeah we well, good we're well, good adrian let's see what else uh what else should we talk about? Any any advice for hiring managers that uh, that have military resumes that they're screening or looking to hire more military people?
1: Yeah, you know, again, I would say, you know, when you're looking at a resume from a uh, a military someone who's transitioning right out of the military, you know, just be aware of any of the skills that they have on their resume, if it doesn't look familiar to you, ask about those. And again, it, it could be something that the military calls it one thing, but yet we call it something else in the in industry and manufacturing. Just please be aware of that on your resumes because I, they have the skills, uh, they have the discipline, they have the knowledge. Um, but again, the biggest challenge is just translating that over to what how we would refer to it in, in industry and manufacturing um, and and I would say be conscious of time uh, we find that time is our biggest competitor uh, and again it's just the way the job market is you know even though you know we hear uh, if you watch the news at all you know we hear rumors about you know continued recession you know um, all these supply chain issues, As far as on our end, you know, we're not really seeing any slowdown. Uh, Now, we hear towards the end of the year, I would say we're probably about 70, 30 right now to where we've had 30 percent of people say, hey, you know, we're just going to wait until January. We're going to wait till after the first of the year before we start hiring anyone but the other 70% are saying, yeah, they're, they're still sending us jobs. You know, they're still screening candidates. So things are moving. Uh, So it's still a good market. It's still a good environment. Um, So again, the way the job market is, if you have a good qualified candidate and if that has that candidate hasn't had any kind of feedback within 24 to 48 hours, it's very likely that you'll lose that candidate because it's, probably likely that they have multiple offers. So um, if if you haven't given them timely feedback, it's very possible that you could lose that candidate. They're going to move on, take take another offer. So just be aware of time. And and that's what we do at at Progressive Reliability. You know, again, we're not the stereotypical, you know, staffing or or recruitment agency in that, you know, we really want to partner and work with internal HR people. We want to work with the internal, you know, companies, recruiters. Um, and through that process, because we're willing to do that, a lot of times we can help without them knowing it, um, we can help them improve their own hiring process. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. By sharing, sharing robust job descriptions and, yep. and the knowledge of the market. But wow, I love to hear the fact that uh, people are, are still hiring, getting yep. into the holidays, no slowdown. I mean, we we're experiencing the same thing, even though we're going to go through an ownership transition in, in January, we still have at least in, in the, in the area that I'm in, we probably have 20 to 30 open positions. Wow. That's great. That we're trying to fill. It's not maintenance and reliability per se, but it's field trainers, uh, field salespeople, account managers, you know, all that type of stuff in a product based trying to move the solution base, but a product-based
1: oriented company. So, yeah. And I guess, I guess that's something else that I would say, you know, if there are veterans out here who are listening to this, you know, we think about, uh, you know, everybody wants to work for the big company. Everybody wants to have, you know, you know, go into an office, but, you know, there are a lot of opportunities out there on what I call the the solution provider or the the industry partner side of biz- the business, you know, kind of the the side of the business that that we're on. Um, and don't be afraid to apply or consider a job with a small company. Um, you know, there are a lot of great opportunities out there with, with small companies. Um, and some of those intangible benefits that you get from working for a small company as opposed to a larger organization is, you know, one, you get recognized quicker for hard work. Uh, decisions get made faster. Uh, you know, you, you a lot of times have more input and say so into uh, the decisions that need to be made. Uh, so I would just encourage someone, you know, not just look at, you know, the big, you know, global companies, you know, take a look at some of the, the smaller companies and take a look at some opportunities that might be available uh, that are on the non-practitioner side of our business, like, you know, industry partners and solution providers. Yeah, no, I think that's
0: Tremendous, tremendous advice. Having worked for a small company and very large organizations, as well as the Navy, there are are pros and cons all over the place. And small entrepreneurial companies, I mean, if you can get in on the ground floor and you can get some ownership in the business and they really value hard work and uh, entrepreneurialism, innovation, I see a lot of veterans like trying to go, you know, just on their own, which is fine, as long as they have somebody maybe in their back pocket, or they going to help them with business plans, understanding the lay of the land? Because, you know, you're part of a big organization like the Navy, the Army uh, and the Armed Forces. There's a whole system that supports your success. I mean, yep. clearly, clearly, if you're a special operator on the hill, killing the bad guys 30 to one, you're doing it all yourself but oh, yeah. a lot of other roles in the military you have a support system behind you that you may not even realize as much when I mean, you get out on your own you're like oh how do i do this how do i do that so yeah small companies can be a great incubator and and place to learn as well as big companies depending on where they are but it can be right it can be a challenge sometimes to uh move or do as much as you feel like you can do move as quick as you want to, or as, uh, use all your capabilities at, you know, large organizations because they can move slow. Oh, yeah, yep.
1: And while I'm I'm thinking about it um, and and kind of giving advice, uh, I did want to put a plug in for the SMRP, uh, Society for Maintenance and Reliability Professionals. Um, I know they have uh, incentives and programs to where veterans can take, uh, you know, the certification exams like the CMRP and the CMRT. Uh, So, again, SMRP, that's the Society for Maintenance and Reliability Professionals. The website is just smrp.org. Uh, So you can once you're there, you can kind of click around. It's very easy to find information, but I know they offer incentives for their certification exams that they offer and uh, they have the Certified Maintenance and Reliability Professional and then they have the Certified Maintenance and Reliability Technician. Um, So I would say some vets that are transitioning, you know, if they've done, you know, maintenance type work, uh, you know, turn wrenches, you know, done lockout tag out familiar with safety Uh, procedures, uh, you know, OSHA regulations, they would probably be most likely to take the CMRT exam Mm.
0: uh,
1: because it is very technical. It's very hands-on where the professional kind of takes, um, you know, background from the SMRPs, five bodies of knowledge. So it it does lean a little more towards like the, the maintenance manager, the maintenance supervisor type roles. Uh, Reliability engineers even, Um, but even on the the SMRP website, you can find recommended reading material. Uh, So if you're interested in taking either the CMRP or the CMRT, they've got tremendous amount of resources there. Uh, They even have now practice exams that you can take. And I know there are discounted rates for military and veterans. Um, So I would encourage you to to take a look at that. And it could be another resource. They also have a job board. uh, So you can go on there and look at uh, jobs that people have posted. Uh, And again, that's uh, just smrp.org.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, thanks for reminding everybody here, Adrian. I've been involved in SMRP sometimes more than others, but <clears throat> certainly to the point uh, you know, where I've been able to proctor some, <laughs> I don't know if it, proctor facilitates some of the, the sessions and, and yep. going way back, uh, perhaps even presenting, but what a great organization, yeah. SMRP, and, uh, and I think the natural um, adjacency or inclination perhaps for, for folks, veterans who have been in operations or maintenance, or leadership i mean we all get basic maintenance and sometimes even advanced maintenance yeah. training in in the service because if our gear doesn't work you know we keep somebody could get hurt die right lose armor, <clears throat> die, whatever and and worse yet the the ship goes down or the tank you know gets shot or, or whatever but uh, yep. yeah fantastic insight and advice. Thank you. So. So, so is there anything, Adrian, that we didn't cover today that you'd like to relate to listeners that we forgot?
1: Or uh, we, we've talked about a lot. Uh, just glanced at the time, you know, we, we've already been talking quite a bit. Uh, but it's been a great conversation. And, and again, I would encourage you, anybody that's listening to this, um, you know, again, a lot of what I do is just Kind of career coaching, um, you know, and sometimes, you know, when when people are looking to make a job change or if they're transitioning, you know, say military to uh, civilian, I mean, it's a major life change. Mm. Uh, And sometimes they just need somebody to talk to, you know, to run an idea across or to ask for advice uh, I'm, I'm always open to that. And, uh, uh, again, just having someone that you can, you know, kind of trust and, and listen, uh, listen to your challenges and kind of what you're looking for, or maybe point you in the right direction. Um, I'm, I'm certainly all about that. So, um, I guess that would be what I would leave the listeners with is, uh, you know, have a a trusted advisor, someone that you could just, uh, if nothing else, just, just talk and, and have somebody listen to you. Well, that's great. And, and people can find you on LinkedIn then, Adrian? Yep, certainly on LinkedIn. Look me up. Uh, again, it's Adrian Messer, CMRP with Progressive Reliability. Um, my contact information's on there, and I'm sure we can share that out via the, the podcast. But yeah, just look me up, connect with me, and uh, look forward to, to talking to you and meeting you. Well,
0: that sounds great, Adrian. Thank you for volunteering to help people out, veterans, first responders looking to transition into maintenance and reliability field. And I think that uh, if if folks are brave enough and they should be brave, brave enough coming out of the service, it's a different <clears throat> kind of brave or, or a different kind of courage to put yourself out there and ask for help. But there's plenty of folks like yourself, um, specifically you too, uh, who are willing to to help and mentor and coach? That have been there, done that, and and seen seen the world, and are ready to give back. So, uh, yep. yeah, hats off to you, buddy. I appreciate that, and I think our listeners would definitely appreciate it too. So. Hopefully you get a few calls, maybe a, hope a, so. hit up on LinkedIn a couple of <laughs> times. And, you know, it's not just the spammers on, on LinkedIn. Yeah. do kind of <laughs> something yeah. that you'd otherwise not want to do. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's great. All right. Well, Adrian, I sincerely appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and help us on this mission. Uh, before we close out, I'd like to remind our listen, listeners to give us a five-star rating if you enjoy what we've got going on here. Really help us out. So thank you, Adrian. Thanks to Mobius for providing this platform to help both transitioning vets as well as those looking to hire them in the field of maintenance and reliability. Thank you, sir. Have a great night. Thanks, Eric. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Veterans Connected. We will see you back for another episode very soon. In between, we hope to see you in the Veterans Connected community group where you can meet Eric and fellow podcast guests and share with other industry veterans at MobiusConnect.com. And we hope to see you there.